We've been in this series called Overcome. Uh, past couple weeks, we've been looking at what are some of the barriers to spiritual growth and like how do we remove them. First week, Chris talked about that we just should be in the Word. If we aren't in the Word of God enough, we're going to have trouble growing because we need to be in the Word. And then last week, Chris talked about sin and how that can impede our growth spiritually. If you missed either one of those, you can go to choicecc.org backslash messages and, um, and listen to them. But, uh, but as a church, we're about making disciples who make disciples, and disciples are growing spiritually. We should always be growing, moving closer towards looking like Jesus than looking like ourselves. And so in this series, that's what we want, we want to encourage you to do is to grow spiritually, but we want to encourage that by the removal of some things that hinder us. And so today, we're going to be talking about unforgiveness, um, how that impacts us, how that becomes a barrier, and how uh, we can overcome that. Before I even get into what I have to say, I need to, I'm going to start here. I'm going to start with, I understand that there are things in your life that are painful, that have, p- things that people have done to you, I understand that those hurts can be traumatic, they can be life-changing, and I understand that. I don't maybe necessarily get it in each and every one of our cases, but I understand that for some of us, we haven't forgiven because there's a lot of trauma behind that. Today, I want you to know that I understand that, but Jesus is also very clear on what we're supposed to do with that. So as we go through today, I don't want you to think, well, Drew, you don't know how bad this is. You're right, I probably don't. But Jesus calls us to a standard of following him, which is to forgive people. That's the spoiler alert for the whole message. (laughs) We're supposed to forgive, right? And so we're going to look at that today. And we're going to start in Matthew uh, chapter 18. If you want to go ahead and turn there in your Bible, it's on 974 and the Bible's in front of you. Um, Whether you have an electronic device, whether you have paper and ink, Whatever it may be, if you'll just join me there, Matthew 18, we're going to start in verse 21. And Jesus and his disciples have been, um, he's been teaching them a little bit in this chapter. He's been talking about the disciples come to him and say, who's the greatest in the kingdom? And so this leads into this, this sort of question that Jesus then responds and starts to help them understand that those in the kingdom put themselves last and they put others first. And he talks about even if a little, ch- if you can't be like a little child, then you can't get into heaven. And that's for a different message at a different time. But he, as he goes through this, Peter asks this question. He asks this question that kind of sparks the story that Jesus is going to tell. So we're, let's start together. Let's read the question and the answer. Uh, in verse 21 of Matthew chapter 18, it says this. It says, Then Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times... Shall I forgive my brother when he sins against me? Up to seven times? Jesus answered, I tell you, not seven, but 77 times. Now let's just pause there. We'll get into the story in a minute. Man, Peter and I probably are too much alike. Peter walks up, right, to Jesus and says, Hey, I got it this time. I'm not going to mess this one up. Jesus, how many times should I forgive my my brothers, my sisters? 
Seven? Now, for us, we think, well, seven, that's a decent number, okay? In the Bible, seven is often representative of completion and kind of this number sort of thing. When you see the number seven, typically that revolves around the, maybe the number seven, like seven things, or it's meaning like complete. And so in this case, he's going seven times, like complete forgiveness. I've completely forgiven them. The other piece that we don't know because we aren't from ancient Israel is that the, the Jewish uh, custom was that you only had to forgive somebody three times. You only had to do it three times. So, G- so Peter walks up to Jesus and says, Rabbi, if I, if I forgive my brother seven times, I'm good, right? Not only is he kind of like signaled this means completion, but he's also gone, look, the Jews are only doing it three times. If I do it seven, like how much more holy am I? Come on, I'm an overachiever, Jesus. Here we go. And Jesus goes, no, 77 times. Which, spoiler, if you get to 77, you have to still keep forgiving. So if you were hoping like, oh, there's my way out. That one person at work, I've forgiven them 76 times. I've been keeping track. 77, now I can quit forgiving them. It's not how that works. This is probably also Jesus going, oh, you have a number of completion. Now look, I've multiplied your number of completions so that you have to always forgive. And then he goes on and tells this story. He goes on and tells this story because Jesus, throughout his ministry, was raising the bar. To his disciples, to us, he's raising the bar. And so he tells us this story, starting in verse 23. He says, therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. As he began to settle, a man who owed him 10,000 talents was brought to him. Since he was, he was not able to pay, the master ordered that he and his wife and his children and all that he had be sold to repay the debt. The servant fell on his knees before him. Be patient with me, he begged. I will pay back everything. The servant's master took pity on him, and he canceled the debt and let him go. Now let's pause there for a second. We have a king who's got a servant who's got a debt. The debt of 10,000 talents probably means nothing to us. Unless your last paycheck was said, you know, X number of talents, you don't know what the worth of a talent is. One commentary said that this is somewhere in the millions, maybe even in the billions of dollars. That's a lot, right? That's a whole lot. And so what was very common in the Middle East at this time is that if you can't pay a debt, you can take that person and you can sell them into slavery. You can sell their kids, you can sell their stuff. You're not going to get all of that money back, but it's better than not getting anything. And so that's what the servant does, or that's what the uh, king does. He says, okay, can't pay? I'm just going to sell you. I'm going to get something out of you. And, you know, have a good life being a slave. The servant begs. He pleads. And the king has this change of heart. And he clears the debt. Now, Jesus' audience would have been shocked by this, by the way. As Jesus is telling this story, kings don't do this sort of thing. They're powerful. They're in command. People fear them. You don't run around canceling millions and millions and millions of dollars of debt. 
Because then anybody can walk all over you, right? But it cancels the debt. And so we should think, oh, the servant's going to be thankful. He's going to be appreciative. He's going to do right. Let's keep reading because that's not what happens. Verse 28. But when the servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii. He grabbed him and began to choke him. Pay back what you owe me, he demanded. His fellow servant fell to his knees and begged him, be patient with me. I will pay you back. But he refused. Instead, he went off and had the man thrown into prison until he could pay the debt. With the other servants, or when the other servants saw what had happened, they were greatly distressed and went and told their master everything that had happened. Then the master called the servant in. You wicked servant, he said, I canceled all that debt of yours because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on you? In anger, the master turned him over to the jailers to be tortured until he should pay back all he owed. And then Jesus finishes with this. This is how my heavenly father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother from your heart. So the servant, he was on easy street. The king had done what kings don't do. He had canceled this debt. And you would think he's got a new lease on life. Life is good. He doesn't have to be sold. He can go home to his wife and say, wife, we haven't been sold into slavery. Like, life is good. He runs into someone who owes him considerably less. Considerably less. And what's his first response? He wants to choke him. Pay me my money. Wants to fight him. And we laugh. One, because I use that voice, but two, <laughs> because it's ridiculous, right? Forget trillions of billions, millions of dollars, because uh, I don't think any of us run in that crowd. And if we do, I'd love to talk to you after the service. Um, but think, let's just think somewhere in our spectrum. And maybe what I'm about to say isn't even in your spectrum, but I'm trying to just bring it back in. If you had $100,000 canceled in debt, I feel like that would be significant for basically everybody in this room. That would be life-changing significant, right? And then if I walked out and met somebody in the parking lot who owed me $2, and I choked them out, <laughs> yes, ridiculous, right? <laughs> like, like, I'm a new man, I got all that money back, and I went, but I need my $2. It's ridiculous. The servant, he had been forgiven everything. He had a new lease on life. Yet his unforgiveness, it cost him everything. Because we see what the king did. The king then sent him to jail and said, torture this man till he pays me back. How's he, how's he going to make money in jail? He's not, right? So we can see that this, he's being tortured. I mean, this is a life sentence that this servant has just acquired because he was unable to forgive. It cost him everything. Forgiveness, like other sin in our lives, 
weighs us down, creates and creates barriers to growth. It weighs us down and it creates barriers to growth and maybe even costs us our lives, figuratively, figuratively or maybe socially as the servant, uh, as we saw with the servant. When some of you know, some of you don't, uh, I, I did student ministry for a lot of years. And um, one of the things that I loved about student ministry was camp, because at camp, I could do um, nearly anything I wanted to do, um, obviously within reason, but I could get the kids to do things that I wanted them to do that they may not want to do, but that brought me joy. Um, and so I had this idea to do this teaching where um, they would experience something all day long that would stick with them more than any words that I would ever say. And so I had a bunch of rebar like this, and the reason I had a bunch of rebar is for a different story for a different time. Um, and a friend and I cut the rebar, bent the rebar, and welded them together into two, uh, into this ring. And so then on Tuesday, Wednesday, whatever day it was, we had them eat breakfast. They came to the chapel after their devotions, and I gave everybody one of these. And I said, here's the deal. You're going to wear this today. All day long. You're just going to wear this. I don't care. We, I think we had strings attached, but I think most people ended up with something like this. And they just wore it. I said, you cannot take it off for any reason. You forgot to shower? Tough. You're wearing it. If you need to shower, you're going to shower with it on. Probably not a great idea to swim with one of these, so swim time has been canceled today. <laughs> you probably don't want to run around because, you know, piece of metal bouncing on you. It's not going to be great. Then the Lord provided a thunderstorm. So uh, they weren't even allowed outside because I had a bunch of lightning rods running around. <laughs> that <laughs> Dan loves me, but electrocuted kid would have not. <laughs> that would have been the end of my deaning at camp. And so they wore these all day. Now, we had some kids who, and I was super nervous the night before. Like, I was talking to my staff just going, like, I'm afraid these kids are going to just, like, call home and go, Mom, come pick me up. This crazy guy is making me wear a rebar around my neck. Like, I thought that's how that was going to go. All of them participated. We had more than enough for everybody. We had some guys who were like, give me six or seven. I'll wear them all. Rah! And some of you remember those guys in high school, right? Like, they were just like, I'm going to... And, and so then they sort of started looking like those people who like stretched their necks and it was, it got, it got weird. Um, but one of the interesting things all day long, they were wearing these. Nap time, don't take them off. So, uh, you know, I walked in at nap time and there's like kids like, you know, <laughs> trying to figure this out. And then I started hearing, man, my collarbone kind of hurts. Is yours, is yours sore? And I started seeing kids who wore light colored shirts and these rust marks starting to find their way onto their shirts. My wife told me rust doesn't typically come out, so um, maybe they still remember this. I don't know. But towards the end, we got through dinner, still wearing them, got through uh, some group time, and then we went to, we had uh, chapel or worship. And there I talked about how we have, to, we have to let go of our sin. We have to let go of our unforgiveness. We have to let go of these things because when, when we allow ourselves to hold on to these, they're going to hinder us. They're going to create barriers. And so I had all of this great teaching, all these great teaching moments that these kids had created for me because they wore 
this around all day. When we don't let go of things, when we can't find a way to forgive, life becomes painful. It leaves stains, it leaves marks. And that's true for us, whether we're wearing rebar around our neck or not. When we can't forgive, we find ourselves in this space where anxiety and bitterness and frustration and anger, all of these things begin to rule our lives. And Jesus says, no, you got to let this go. You got to let it go. In Matthew chapter 6, this will be on the screen, uh, Jesus says this in the, in, as he's teaching his disciples to pray. He says, and forgive us our debts as we have forgiven our debtors. For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. There seems to be a direct correlation between how I forgive and how God will forgive me. When we forgive, we cancel a debt. We say, you don't owe me anything. We let that go. But when we don't forgive, not only does that person still owe you a debt, but then it starts doing stuff to, to us, right? We start living in this, this tension of, I know this isn't how I'm supposed to live, but I can't forgive this person. Every time you see them, that gets sparked right back up. And Jesus says that we need to forgive as our Father, our Father has forgiven us. Look in, in 1 John, this will be on the screen as well. In 1 John chapter 4, verse 19, says, We love because he first loved us. Whoever claims to love God, yet hates a brother or sister, is a liar. For whoever does not love their brother and sister whom they have seen cannot love God whom they have not seen. And he has given us this command. Anyone who loves God must also love their brother and sister. God loved us, so we need to love other people. God forgave us, so we must also forgive others. We forgive others because he first forgave us. We forgive others because he first forgave us. Because when we hear that story of the king and the servant, we can't miss the point that we are the servant who chokes the guy out. Our debt was paid by Jesus on the cross. Our sins were wiped away when we didn't deserve it. But yet we find ourselves in this position that we have experienced the greatest forgiveness in the history of the world, yet are we not forgiving those around us? And it can be hard. There, there, I, please hear me when I say this. I, I know that it's not easy. If it was easy, we wouldn't have to be having a sermon on this and everybody would do it. But Jesus calls us to forgive those who have done something to us, against us. And it doesn't mean you have to be best friends with them. It doesn't mean that, that things are going to go back to normal. 
But what it does mean is that you've cleared their debt. You have done what God did for us, which is wipe our debt clean so that we can love him, so that we can love those around us. Now, for some of us in this room, you may go, you know, Drew, that's good. I'm, I'm with you. But man, I, I, don't, I don't have anybody right now in my life. Um, and for some of us, we're wired in such a way that we're what, what I call a quick forgive. Somebody can do something to you and you just forgive it and you move on. I'm this way. Um, my wife is not. She knows she knows that. We know that. We have lots of conversations about this because when I do something dumb, it takes a little more time. She never does anything dumb, so it doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> but for some of us in this room, we're quick forgives. We're quick forgives. We just can, we, we'll let it roll off of us. We'll say, hey, no big deal. And we don't hold on to it. But in even those of us who are in that realm, we might have somebody to forgive. Because this is where I find myself. I find myself in this realm of I have to forgive me. Because I know who I am. I know what my thoughts are. I know what my actions are. And I have a hard time at times giving myself grace. I mean, I'll easily give grace to anybody around me. But there's a lot of moments that I have to be reminded that I need it too. And that Jesus provided that. So if you find yourself going, Drew, I don't have any, I don't have any animosity towards people. I'm feeling pretty good. Uh, my, my, I would ask you, just check, check yourself. And I don't mean that as like a challenge. I just mean that don't miss it. Don't miss this opportunity. Because even... In Ephesians chapter 4, um, verse 32, it says, Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. And that should apply to us as well. We should be able to forgive ourselves. Because God did. Through Jesus' sacrifice. If we've made him Lord and Savior, we've been baptized, our sins have been washed away. Right? And some of us, me included, walk around life like this because I haven't forgiven myself for some of those things. So what we're going to do right now um, is we're going to take some time to pray together. The band's going to come up and give us some nice, uh, some music to just kind of help us in this moment because um, I believe that as we're, we're trying to be disciples of Jesus, we can't just hear the word and not do it. And so for some of us today, the challenge of this whole thing, you've known who that person is since the moment I started talking about this. You know who that person is who you need to send a text to, you need to write a note to call, you need to go see. Because, it, because God's expectation for us isn't going to change. There's not going to be some moment where we look at Scripture and all of a sudden it goes, hey, guess what? You don't have to forgive anymore. That's just not going to happen. And so today we're going to just take some time and pray. And we're going to ask God for some help for those of us who need to forgive. Not sure what that is. Not sure what happened. Not sure who it is. And you know what? It's none of my business. But God knows. 
And God wants to help in that. And sometimes we just need to come to him. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to just take some time. I'm going to lead us a little bit, and then there'll be some silence, and then I'm going to come back and um, just kind of pray for us who, when we have trouble forgiving ourselves, give you some more time, and then I'll just, I'll end our time. So if you would, just let's uh, bow our heads and let's just go to the Father right now. God, we say thank you. We say thank you for clearing our debts through Jesus. God, sometimes we forget that, but in this moment, it's clear in our minds, so we just want to say thank you. Thank you for the gift forgiveness that you have shown us. And God, right now, as we just take this time to spend with you, God, we, we know who that person is. And if we don't, I would ask that you would just put them on our hearts right now. And God, would you just show us how to forgive? Would you encourage us right now? Would you strengthen us right now as we just bring this before your throne? God, we thank you for wanting to hear from us, for loving us. Thank you for being faithful, quick to forgive. God, right now, for, for some of us in the room, we have, a trouble, we have trouble letting go of some of our own stuff, some of our own sin, that we just need to find forgiveness for ourselves through you. God, would you just show us your love and your mercy and your grace right now? Um, God, we want to just confess these things, give them to you, and let you show us a better way. God, we thank you for your faithfulness to those who love you. God, we pray that you will help us be doers of the word and not just hearers. God, would you challenge us with what we need to walk away today with? Would you challenge us all week 
Help us to do the hard work that you're asking us to do. And then, God, help us to remember that you're there for us. You're loving us. You're giving us grace and mercy throughout that. God, we thank you in advance for what's going to happen based on these prayers that we have lifted today. We pray all of these things in the powerful name of Jesus. Amen. Right now, we're just going to worship together. Um, because of Jesus' sacrifice, our sins have been forgiven. And for a lot of us in this room, we've given our lives to Jesus, but maybe this is the first moment you've thought about it. Maybe it's something you've been working towards or whatever. If that is the case, we'll, I'm going to be in the back, and I would love to just have that conversation with you. Uh, we'll have some other of our leaders in the back. If you just need some prayer for maybe a situation that came up in your mind today or maybe something else that's going on, we would just also love to pray for you. So we're going to stand together and we're going to worship. And if you need to, come to the back. Let's stand.